Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. This is episode four of Recruiting Hell, uh, Selling Yourself, part two. If you haven't visited part one, which was episode three yet, this would be a great time to pause this episode and hit the rewind button to last week's segment. I normally like to make these episodes stand on their own, but this concept of selling yourself was just too big for the length of cast that I like to do. I'm a very big fan of what I call the commute length podcast. And while I know a lot of you folks out there are working remotely lately, eventually that's going to swing back towards heading into an office. So I try to keep these episodes at the 30 to 35 minute mark so that it's either easily divided into a shorter commute for you, you know, half each way, you know, 15 minutes uh, to work each way and you can watch or listen to a full episode or a single episode takes your whole commute and you can, of course, enjoy the show in nice big chunks without any interruptions. So just giving you a bit of method uh, behind the madness here and uh, definitely open to feedback if you send it, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. But back to the topic at hand, selling yourself part two. Last time, we covered techniques for interacting with the approach to a job. We looked at sizing it up for fit, for skills, and of course, for compensation. We also discussed the importance of cover letters, how to create a memorable one, and the fact that every application you send out needs to have one of those babies strapped to it, plus some other things if you got them and if they allow it. After this, we spent a bit of time on the face-to-face part of interaction, learning about elevator speeches and the ways to direct the conversation towards your job search without looking and sounding desperate or overly salesy. And then lastly, we tackled rejection and the tagline of this show, that your job hunt is a marathon, not a sprint, and you're going to need to eat rejection for breakfast. We're definitely going to focus on that marathon and sprint concept uh, a lot today. It's been a ton of information, but there, there is more. This episode is going to focus uh, more on some of the mechanics you can use to help your job hunt be less of a burden rather than kind of the concepts around that as we explored last episode. So first thing is first. Last episode, I promised you a technique that will show you your job hunt productivity and help keep you motivated when it comes to doing your job search. It's a pacing and endurance technique that I developed while I was working as a loyalty and retention rep a number of years ago. And it's basically a quick way to show productivity to yourself or maybe somebody else at a glance. Uh, I was once tasked with calling every single one of our customers at this business that didn't renew their membership with with us. It was uh, a tall order, and of course it had me working like 12-hour days, five, six days, you know, going for four hours on Saturday, things like that. Uh, My boss at the time was a great guy, and I still respect him immensely for all the things he taught me about customer service and sales and and people and things like that. Uh, Great, great guy. Shout out to him uh, for kind of making me create this technique. Uh, But he wanted to know what my connection and selling rates were. Uh, At the time, the company I was working for was was growing rapidly, uh, and counting and metrics technology wasn't really something that you'd buy for a company at that size. Even though it was growing, it was still a really small company. I think we had about 25 uh, reps in our our contact center uh, at the time, but he wanted something a little bit more quick and dirty than, you know, paying a company that uh, specializes in metrics th- thousands upon thousands of dollars to say, well, you've made 45 phone calls today and you've connected with 10 people. So I developed what I call the CCS grid calls, connects and sales CCS. 
in a nutshell, it measured how many calls I made, how many times I reached the right person that I wanted to call to have that sales discussion with them, and then how many times I closed a deal. This was represented with a ratio, and eventually that ratio gave a conversion rate. So if you take this and apply this to your job hunt, calls are the applications that you're going to do. Connects are the times that those applications turn into conversations or interviews with a prospective employer. And sales is your conversion rate for jobs that you land an offer for. So CCS turns into uh, A-C-O, you know, uh, <laughs> applications, connections, and, and oper opportunities in this case. Uh, but the letters aren't important, but the concept here is, uh, again, sales being your conversion rate for jobs uh, that you land an offer for, uh, the number of sales in this technique or the conversions isn't really the most important thing for job hunting. Uh, what you and I both know is that you need one great opportunity, but the other two metrics, the connects and the conversations that you have with prospective employers uh, are very clean and very easy ways to help remind yourself of your efforts when you're out there selling yourself. So when I developed this system, I tried to push uh, 80 phone calls a day as a salesperson. Uh, that, that's pretty doable in, a, in an eight-hour day. You know, it's 10 an hour, really not that bad. And if you interspace, you know, lunges and breaks and things like that, uh, meetings, you know, you maybe punch it up to 15 an hour, which really isn't that bad as a call every four minutes. Uh, now, calling 80 people or 80 businesses is a ton easier than doing 80 job applications. <laughs> And unless you carpet bomb ZipRecruiter for every one-tap opportunity you can find in your city, you're not going to reach 80 job apps a day uh, if, you, if you do, you're doing it wrong. Uh, but that's not why you're listening to this podcast, though. You don't want that spray-and-pray kind of mentality. You want better results than that. So number one is you need to set a daily goal of job apps for yourself and stick to it. Uh, you know, I set that, that phone call goal for myself. You need to set a job app goal. Next, you're going to grab a piece of paper or use a computer spreadsheet like Excel or Google Sheets, uh, and you're going to create a chart. And this chart has three rows and two or more columns. Start with two for now. Uh, when I first started this technique, I used a small dry erase board for this. Uh, but you can use it on paper or you can make it fully electronic as well. I'd also recommend logging your results electronically at the end of each day because you may actually have opportunities from other days arrive later in the week as companies call you back. We'll get into that a little bit more in just a moment. So when you make your chart, row one should be labeled applications. Row two should be responses. And row three, interviews. When you're doing your job applications, every time you complete one and attach all the extras like cover letters and letters of recommendation, you get to place a tally in the first column next to applications. Send your application along and start the next one. Repeat this until you've reached your daily goal for job apps. If they take an average of 30 minutes apiece, perhaps maybe 10 in a day is a good goal to shoot for. That's five straight hours of job applying. Uh, and that's not even, that's if you find them all basically instantly. Oh, that's a great job. Oh, that's a great job. Oh, that's a great job. Uh, don't burn yourself out on day one. This is the whole marathon sprint thing I've been talking about uh, over the last number of episodes. You can't. Go hard at this and then stop. This is something that you need to continue to do every single day. So once you're finished with those 10 applications or 8 applications or whatever number you decide is feasible to do 
for the long haul into the future, you're going to have your tallies in that in that column, and hopefully it adds up to a nice even number or something like that. Let's say you have 10. You're going to find out if there are any responses from your work yesterday. Now, don't cheat on this. Don't cheat on this. It's very easy to. You need to finish all of your applications before you go see your results. Otherwise, you're going to get lost in your email box and waste time. So once you're done with all 10 of your applications, head into your email account, which should be, of course, professionally named, not straightblazon4269 at hotmail.com or supertrollbrony at yahoo.com. Make sure these are professional people. I have seen so many crazy, disgusting, awful emails attached to job applications, uh, customer accounts, all sorts of things over my career. And it's just, I, I can't believe that some of these things are still out there. Um, you know, again, a lot of use of the numbers that, you know, have meanings behind them. It's like, we let's grow up. Let's really grow up. And actually one of my, uh, past jobs had a, uh, customer base that was generally, uh, middle-aged men. God, they were filthy. It was just awful. It was just awful that what some of my female coworkers had to deal with. Uh, but back to the, uh, point at hand, uh, make sure you're in, in your email account. And if you do any correspondence from this account, that it is a nice, easy to reference, uh, email account. Uh, you know, again, your first name dot last name at, you know, gmail.com or, uh, if I was doing uh, business for this or some this podcast, I would be using the recruiting hell podcast at gmail.com because it says who I am, what we do, things like that. But I might use my uh, first dot last at yahoo.com uh, for other opportunities in this case. Uh, so this is your opportunity to look for any HR reps or other people in charge of hiring reaching out to you for either further information about your application or to set up an interview. And again, you're looking through, you know, make sure you check your spam. Uh, a lot of times things come through in there. But don't be ashamed or sad if in the first few days you don't see anything. Uh, that's totally normal. Totally normal. And it's actually really important that you keep up your pace of applications every day, especially to get rid of this particular hole in responses. It takes a while for the first responses to start flowing in. Uh, HR at companies doesn't work 24 seven. They're in from nine to five or whatever it might be. So you're going to need to be able to build up uh, a number of applications out there that you will eventually get responses from because they may not be instantaneous. They may take one to three business days. They might call you back in two weeks. So you need to get those out there. Uh, and why is that? You need to get applications out there because you need to find out what your ratio is. And by ratio, I mean how many job applications on average does it take for you to get a response from a prospective employer? So this number is the first piece of really critical information from this uh, chart method that I'm describing uh, for you. It's going to tell you how many applications you need to fill out to get one interview and eventually how many applications you need to land a position. Don't be surprised if your ratio for applied jobs to companies communicating back to you is 20 to 1 or greater for interviews and hundreds to 1 or greater for jobs. Remember that this is a sales process. Sales processes take time and you need to build a pipeline of prospective jobs every day in order to have a shot at finding what is right for you. 
when I was having uh, a bit of trouble writing this episode, I was I was uh, making this uh, example here, and I was having some trouble coming up with better reasons as to why you need to be persistent, other than just do it. You you need to have discipline because you know that that uh, uh, who is that army guy? Jocko Willink. Our Jocko says you need to have discipline because you need to have discipline. I wanted to find a more concrete example that related to your job hunt other than just scolding you to have discipline because of reasons. Uh, well, actually, this this got unblocked when I was writing this episode when I got my hair cut for the first time in three months, uh, and that was last Thursday. Again, this is being recorded in early June of 2020. Uh, and I found my answer, and the person who I didn't expect to be, the picture of persistence. Uh, now, a little background. I'm a talker, of course. If you, you can't tell, you've been listening to this podcast. You've been listening to me talk for quite some time. Uh, but I'm also a talker when I'm getting my hair cut or when I'm, uh, you know, interacting with people in public and hopefully not in the extreme way. I think that I've, uh, over time grown to, you know, know when people don't want to, don't want to chat very much. Uh, but I do like to carry on a conversation, uh, with folks who are open to it. Uh, when I went to the barbershop, I had, I had never met my stylist before, uh, but I knew that this barbershop, uh, had just reopened and in a limited capacity and I was genuinely curious if they had gotten back to their their new normal uh, yet from the whole COVID-19 thing. Uh, and she mentioned that they hadn't, uh, thanks to the pandemic uh, and the state shutdown of business. She actually had to claim unemployment benefits uh, as she was out of work as recently as the week prior. And here we, here we go with kind of the, the connection here. Um, and I mentioned I had to do the same thing because my job had uh, taken a, a left turn. Uh, and then it took me 50 phone calls to get an agent from the state of Wisconsin. Now, I've always said I'm kind of a lucky person, and, and I, I like that. I think that's a, a fun thing to say. Uh, and I have been very lucky in my life, both in business and, and in uh, many other aspects of it. But my stylist told me that I really did get lucky. Uh, she called the state of Wisconsin's Office of Unemployment uh, during the time that their barbershop was closed 1,080 times, 1080 over the duration of her time out of work just to get her unemployment claim filed. Now, keep in mind that the state system has a limited queue capacity and will direct callers outside that capacity to hang up and then disconnect the line. So this lady got hung up on over a thousand times. The amount of determination and the will to call an agency a four-digit number of times and get the same response time after time is absolutely staggering. And that kind of drive uh, is rare in any field. And I can't imagine thinking that call 100 might be the call that connects and gets you those benefits. But not getting lucky for nearly a thousand extra efforts is just mind-baffling. And this is how you need to be with your job search and selling yourself. You cannot stop because you don't know when that actual win is going to come. You need to keep putting applications out there every single day. What I'm looking to teach you here is something that some, every good salesperson develops. Eating that rejection for breakfast. Eating that that bad feeling of, oh, I got rejected again, over and over and over. You avoid this by building what is called a pipeline. And pipeline is a term that describes sales actions taken with buyers, or in this case, prospective employers, who are at different stages of considering to buy a product or service. Now, some of these buyers, some of these employers, 
might just be beginning to consider their product. Like, oh, maybe we need to hire somebody or, oh, I need to get this piece of software. While other uh, buyers or employers might be really ready to put some pen and paper uh, together and ink a deal. A good salesperson and a good job hunter has multiple deals and multiple opportunities at various stages so they don't experience a shortcoming in their income if they're a salesperson or their happiness and their satisfaction with their job search if they're a job hunter. Now in sales, the person selling a product doesn't often have uh, buyers raising their hands out of the blue saying, I'd like to get whatever what is uh, you're selling. It does happen. There are people who literally call a company and say, sell me this, but it's not the norm. Now, thankfully, job hunting is a bit different, and we do have employers or buyers raising their hands when they're looking to hire people. The goal here for you, the job seeker, as opposed to the salesperson, is not to get as many offers as you can, or as many sales, if you will, if we continue that metaphor, but to get the best offer you can by finding as many viable opportunities to choose from as you can. So prospect out those opportunities and use the CCS technique that I described above to help you, uh, above, I, here I am referencing my script, sorry, before, to help you keep track and stay motivated. Uh, but the final and most important thing that comes out of that technique is the number of applications to job offer numbers. You know, how many times does your job sales pipeline produce? So let's use an example here. For example, let's say I want a handful of offers to choose from in my job hunt. You know, I don't want to go with just the one. Let's say I want three offers to choose from for the sake of this example. How many applications am I going to need to fill out to get these three potential offers? So if we go back to our chart, step one is to fill out those applications until you get your first interview. This is going to give you your interview ratio. And you're going to want to keep track of the first few interviews you get and how many applications it took to get an average. Uh, you might actually score an interview on your first application, and that's great and lucky. But get more data before you decide that your interview uh, application to interview ratio is one-to-one. -one. It's not. I'd venture that 100 job apps uh, that you're interested in and qualified for and that offer you fair compensation uh, will likely give you a good ballpark to find out what that ratio is. Is it 50 to 1? Is it 5 to 1? Is it 20 to 1? Where is that? Now, quick word of caution. There are employers out there who will hire anyone with a heartbeat. So don't jump in a job that you might hate because they replied to your application within 30 seconds or gave you a phone call. There are a lot of jobs out there that you may not want. But that's for another time when we talk about scams, bait and switch, and companies wanting a perfect candidate for next to no money. So once you have a ratio for interviews, you're going to need to keep track of how many times an interview turns into an offer. So you have three lines or three columns on your, uh, I'm sorry, rows on your chart. Again, the first one is applications. The second one is, is interviews. And the third one is uh, offers in this case. For example, we're going to use the sample numbers of 10 job apps to get an interview and 10 interviews with different companies to get an offer. So if we do a bit of the math here, we find out that for every interview you need to potentially get an, to an offer, uh, you need 20 applications. So for every interview you want, you need to fill out 20 applications. And again, that is not a hard and fast number. That is uh, an example number here uh, based on what your job 
search is bringing you. You may need to fill out a hundred applications to secure an interview. But for this example, we'll say you need, on average, fill out 20 applications for every uh, interview you, you get, and you've had a number of interviews, and you've actually received an offer. So, uh, but it took you 10 interviews with different companies to receive that offer. So this means in order to secure one job offer, you need to secure 10 interviews, and for every interview, you need to secure 20 applications. If we do the math, that means to secure a single job offer, you need to fill out 200 job applications. Yep, that's 200. And at an average time of half an hour per application, you're looking at 100 hours of hunting for just one job. That's two and a half weeks of full-time work. Wow. In this scenario, we said we wanted multiple offers. So multiply that by two or three or however many offers you'd like to obtain. So using our example, you're looking at 600 job applications on most likely the low end. Let that sink in for a moment. That's a lot of work. And it's something you can't necessarily shortcut if you want to find a job that fits the criteria that we laid out of interest, qualification, and compensation. And this is why you need to do a small quota of job applications every day. Let's call it 10 as we did before. Bear in mind, none of these numbers, as I've said, are concrete. You may work in a demand industry like trucking or IT or healthcare and have the qualifications to get interviews much more quickly than other fields, or you might be on the other side of the coin and get things more slowly than other fields. The process is a marathon, and structuring it like a sales pipeline where you do a quota every day is not only going to keep you from burning out, it's going to keep you from being overwhelmed by responses and let you keep the companies you've applied to straight in your head. That being said, it wouldn't be a bad idea to start a spreadsheet about the companies you apply to, what position is being applied to, the date, a little summary of the job and why it interests you. Uh, I'm thinking actually that might be a great little bit of downloadable content for a future show, so I'll file that away uh, for a rainy day and see if we can make something uh, like that for you folks. So we've talked at length about what pipeline is and how to manage it by tracking our applications, our responses, our interviews, and our offers. But we haven't quite talked about how to read this and see how we're doing and why we're doing this. This technique is a way to show yourself progress and remind yourself that hunting for a job is in itself a job. This tool is a way to show yourself that yes, you are making progress in a position that gives you so little feedback as to how you're actually doing. You have to make your own tracking document here. Tracking your progress with this is a way for you to celebrate the fact that you didn't just, you know, apply to a lot of jobs this week, but that you applied to 50 positions that you felt were really good for you. You received a response from three of them and happened to turn one of those three into an interview. Celebrate those things. Celebrate the little things. You got an interview. That's awesome. Sometimes when we're out of work and feel like we don't have a purpose, it's really uh, easy to forget that small, good things happened during the week. Keep track of them. Celebrate your wins. So funny enough, um, I'm finished talking about that uh, that CCS tool for right now. 
Uh, that segment went way longer than I thought, and I, I hopefully illustrated to you how to use that tool to track your progress and help you gauge uh, the workload that is hunting for a job in 2020. So switching gears here uh, from, again, the, the, the tactic side, we're, we're back to selling yourself. And in one of your our, our earlier episodes, uh, we talked about the big five or six websites for job hunting. And to refresh your memory, they are as follows. Uh, and in no particular order or, or level of importance, uh, Indeed.com, LinkedIn.com, Monster.com, ZipRecruiter.com, Glassdoor.com, and CareerBuilder.com. Get on all of these platforms if you aren't already right now. You might be on three or four of them. Get on all of them. Part of selling yourself is making sure you can be seen. Complete your profiles, turn on notifications that you're looking for an opportunity, get yourself out there. When looking for work, you need to be ready to embrace all avenues of selling for your, uh, selling yourself. Whether it's social media, face-to-face, -face, free services, maybe even paid services. Never before has the common worker had access to such powerful tools for bringing them opportunities from across the nation and even across the world. Uh, you need to put yourself out there so that potential employers can see that you are available. Remember, the perfect job rarely comes to you. You'll have to seek it for yourself, most likely. So, changing back to the tactics here for just a moment. Another one that I always thought was very interesting, especially as we were talking here about social media platform selling of yourself, was a term coined by a gentleman named Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, if you've ever heard of, of Gary, he's he's kind of a big deal. Guy wants to buy the New York Jets. Uh, he's a multi multi millionaire. Uh, really interesting character. Uh, we won't talk too much about him uh, right now. But Gary has what's called the fifty cent method. And no, it's not named after the massively uh, popular uh, hip hop artist uh, of ten twenty years ago. Has it been that long? Gosh, I think it's I think it's fifteen. Uh, but it's called the fifty cent method. Uh, because it's a tactic he uses on LinkedIn and other social sites to draw him, uh, people into himself and get them to notice him. Uh, it's called 50 cents because it's 25 times of giving your two cents on a post. So 50 cents, right? Uh, there is a minor caveat here. I did used to be a really big devotee of Gary Vaynerchuk in recent years, but I found his hustle advice to have some holes. Don't get me wrong. The guy's advice and style was very formative for me, but I haven't found his methods to be hitting the mark with me over the past two years or so. And that's on me, not on him. Would totally still have lunch with the guy if he asked. <laughs> so again, Gary describes the 50 cent method as the following. Give your two cents on 25 LinkedIn posts a day. It's a great way to swing by people's pages, leave a relevant comment, or maybe even a question about the post. For example, let's say that you saw that a connection of yours posted about a business milestone. It doesn't take much effort from you to post a sincere congratulations to them, but maybe follow it with a little question to see if they're hiring for their business. So let's use an example. Say your connection, Sandy, on LinkedIn uh, wrote something like the following. I work with such a great team. Today we hired our 50th employee. Welcome, John Smith. Hashtag growth, hashtag ABC company. You might reply with a quick statement that says, Congrats on the growth, Sandy. I'm sure John will do great things with ABC Company. Question for you. Are you hiring for employee 51? If so, we should chat. Now, when I was writing this, that statement took all of 
uh, 30 to 45 seconds to write for this episode. And in an, in its content, it shows Sandy that she might have more opportunities to hire great people like John, you in this case, by connecting with you and engaging with you. So depending on your level of comfort with the person that you're asking, you may want to take this into a direct message, but I'd honestly recommend posting it publicly as you get the added benefit of having other people who are stopping by looking at you and seeing that you want an opportunity. So the 50 cent method is something you can start today and it really should take no more than 30 minutes of your time. These statements should always be positive in nature and reflect interest in uh, the recipient's but should also contain a tiny grain of sales message as well. After all, you're selling yourself right now. Now, it's funny, as our time here kind of draws to an end, I, I still don't think we've dealt deeply enough into selling yourself. I'm, I'm fairly certain we're going to have a, a part three on this as well. Uh, but as we wrap up here today uh, and kind of review the, the uh, tactics that we've uh, coupled with last episode, um, I'm really excited to to say that this uh, this show has gone uh, forward qu- quite well over the past number of weeks, and I'm really excited to say that episode five, which is going to be releasing uh, on June twenty twentieth nineteenth twenty twenty, will have uh, our first guest, and it won't just be you listening to me uh, all the time. And by the time you're listening to this uh, episode, that should actually be just about a week away. Uh, and I've done my best to find someone whose skill set really matches what you, the listener of this show, need when it comes to getting the help you need to find a new or maybe a better job. So here's to going smoothly and not being too much of a bear to edit into a great-sounding episode. And that that's today's show uh, about selling yourself, uh, kind of part two, again, more, more of the tactics than the... Uh, the technique, tactics, techniques are kind of the same thing, but either way, more of the tactical approach to it than the uh, personal approach. So, as always, if you do have questions, comments, or feedback with us here at Recruiting Hell, uh, you can drop us a line. Please do uh, at the Recruiting Hell Podcast at gmail dot com, or follow us on Twitter at Recruiting underscore Hell again. Recruiting the line on the bottom Hell, or hey, we now have a Facebook fan page. We're still working on getting that. Uh, kind of up to speed. Of course, that'll probably lead into a website eventually. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to us or followed or shared the show, I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, even though we saw great uh, numbers from the federal government for jobless claims in May, it was down uh, to 14%, I believe, uh, from April of uh, 14.7. I mean, we've found 2.5 million jobs for people. Uh, there are still millions of Americans out there that could really benefit from learning more about how to power up their job hunt. And they're likely your friends and neighbors. Let's get them helped out. Finally, as always, a big thanks to Purple Planet for our theme music. And of course, you, the listener, for tuning in. Again, I'm Rob Conlon. And until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And Recruiting Hell will be there to help you keep pace. Keep pace.